Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Captain Khaled, who is an actual pilot. Uh, This is actually the first one that uh, I've had on the podcast, so that is pretty cool. But in addition to that, he's also a focus leader and keynote speaker. He guides organizations and individuals in creating or regaining their focus through practical applications that start by identifying their obstacles and creating an environment for fostering and reaching their goals. So, Captain Khaled, thank you very much for being on. How are you today? Thank you, Drasco, for having me here. And I hope to be of uh, help for the listeners and also expecting help from you for me. Absolutely. And uh, as uh, we've been talking before uh, we press record, it's such an important thing to, as you know, leaders of other people and as consultants and as coaches, to be open and present and willing to actually take our own medicine, you know? So I was saying uh, kudos to you for that. And like, you're in good company with regards to the, the previous guests that have been on here. Um, so before we dive into all of that, I'd love for you to break down for us, uh, you know, who you are and, and how you got to doing what you're doing. Well, actually I had so many businesses. I was always an entrepreneur, have, you know, opening new businesses. I went into oil and gas. I went into uh, banking. I went into um, uh, facilities management. And then I had a, an online business for some time. And I actually um, had to uh, uh, go for bankruptcy on that business just last February this year. And so I, I just, I'm still actually going through that. And so it was uh, very disheartening, but at the same time, I started what I always wanted to start, which is a consulting business. And I started doing consulting, consulting before actually having the business, but now I have the business, which I've started since uh, February. Uh, I really like uh, jump-started, uh, you know, because it, it, it takes some time and it did t- take some time for me to uh, get out there. So say by, by uh, May of this year, when I actually started having jobs and, you know, the jobs were getting better and there I am. But uh, I, you know, when you talked to me and you said that, am I willing to come here and to be coached and to be uh, helped, really? Uh, first thing I said was, you know, I'm, I was going through this phase of uh, trying, trying, I was trying to be vulnerable and I know that now I am actually very vulnerable, um, meaning open to vulnerability, that is, because I realized that it's really the, the, the real strength that I can go through. It's the part that makes me stop, even though I'm helping so many people, I'm consulting so many people, big businesses, large businesses, a million businesses and other entrepreneurs. Yet, I needed myself to be heard 
and to be helped. So I, as I'm telling people that they need to stop and listen, so there I am, or here I am, I should say, I am listening. So thank you for having me here, Grasco. Thank you so much. You're absolutely very welcome. And uh, it's my pleasure. And especially, you know, since, uh, and we can get into this if, if it's relevant, but like you mentioned, okay, part of your story was you, you got into the work that you're doing right now, both from a long time desire, but also from having to close down a previous business. And that certainly is how I got to doing what I'm doing as well, right? Like it was, uh, if you're if not familiar with my story, for anybody listening who's also not familiar, right? Like uh, I would say my story, I spent 10 years building a uh, brick and mortar weight loss center that ended up imploding because I wasn't willing or even able at that time to do a lot of this inner work. So I made a lot of ego-based decisions uh, that led to that. And while that part definitely sucked, it also opened up uh, the space for me to do what I'm really passionate about doing right now, which is, you know, the, this healing work with entrepreneurs so that ideally they don't have to go through what I did, but more beneficially to be able to go to that next level a lot quicker and a lot smoother. Um, so a, I just wanted to acknowledge you for allowing yourself to go there in this way. And B, I think it's actually much more of a common experience than most people let on or reveal uh, publicly, right? Like we always have that like Instagram lifestyle where like it's all perfect and unblemished. Um, so I thank you for allowing the realness to, uh, to come in to the space. So anything you want to comment on that floor is yours. Well, I just say, let's dive in because as I said, for me, I am, I have been, even when we started right now, I have been trying to stop my, my consulting you know, uh, side or my my, my consult, consulting awareness to actually stop so that I can be consulted, so that I can actually listen. I mean, honestly, I'm being very honest here, but that's, that's exactly what uh, I think. Let's just go ahead and dive into it. Beautiful. Yeah. So let's do it then. So what brings you outside of the, the vulnerability? What feels most relevant to you to, to bring into this container today? Well, you see, when I started my life, even before actually starting business, uh, I studied in the States. I studied in Seattle, Washington. And at the time, I remember that I actually, you know, as a student, you know, you don't get so many things because, you know, you're a student, right? But for me, it was a different story. And it's not because of my family. My, my family is well off, yes, but it wasn't because of them. I actually got to a point where anything I wanted, absolutely anything, I mean, I really mean anything, small, large, medium, everything, anything I wanted, I got. And it's because, well, I didn't know at the time, I think I was doing it uh, subconsciously. I wasn't conscious about it. I didn't even know how. I didn't even think about it. I was just doing it. In fact, so many of the friends that I had before that I see, still see now, well, you know, every time we sit down and say, you know, you were just out at it, anything you want. And they really looked up, you know, to me. And they were thinking, you know, how can I be like that? How, how was I like that? I wasn't thinking about it. I was just doing it. And so I think after that, when I when I started after school, that is, when I started going to business, you know, I started in business and just like anyone else, 
it's it's hard because you know you you're figuring out a new way of uh, you know going about life that is and how you know uh, coming from being a student it's it's a totally different thing so it took some time and then as i was going i was losing a big part of what i was able to do and so i i lost that kind of magic touch if you know what i mean and i was losing it more and more and then at times it comes like once on a blue moon and then it goes away it fizzles and then i go back again and honestly i was having a blast when i was actually a student and when i got married then it went even worse but i didn't know why and how and so after that obviously in my business it it all just mishmashed i mean everything i feel inside all this time by the way i feel that i have greatness not that i can do better i honestly feel greatness to a very large extent however i don't see it playing out but at times at situations i see myself among so many other people i would be like a, at a very high level without without paying my way to get that high level if you know what i mean just me being there just my i don't know my aura what but it was there and then it fizzles again and so i think it's the biggest part of it as i see it now is that focus you know the one that you talked about now is that i found out that i was actually way back when i was focusing inside i didn't even care about anyone outside i think i really didn't care i mean i can't even remember any inst- incidents that happened to me with any of my friends in fact i didn't have except one friend i had so many acquaintances so many people that i've seen but not friends one friend and that's not normal you know being in school you don't have one friend you know but that's what happened and then i see myself now i i do that by the way yeah now and and, and when i say now i mean in the past 4 or 5 months only i started to think why what happened i mean this is not bearable because I, i was i was living a magical life what happened so it took me to the point where i actually identified just recently and what I, now when i say recently i mean in the past 4 5 days by the way 5 days yes even after i actually went and and um uh, booked myself for this uh you know uh, this recording right now so this is what i found out i found out what i'm teaching people but i didn't teach myself because i was just like i'm saying to people you know we always have the five senses which is outward looking not inward and so i'm teaching them but i forgot to teach myself so that focus you know when people say to you focus 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 well hey hello there are two different focuses that's what i found out and there is the an inner focus and outer focus it's so easy to confuse confuse between the two and it's because we look to get things outside situations people outside which is fine but then what about inside and i think that's that's how i see myself i failed to do that and i think it's because i wasn't vulnerable enough beautiful so that's- yeah so number one uh great great awareness right like connecting a lot of different dots and 
obviously this is very fresh for you right now. So I, I love that you're bringing that into it. So there's just a few things that I wanted to get uh, clarity on from what you shared. So you mentioned multiple times this like magic touch or, or, or the sense of magic. So can you articulate that in your own words? Like, what does that actually mean to you? Well, what, what does that actually look like? Okay. Well, if I was just to say it in plain old English, I would want to get something or do something. I wouldn't even start to think how. I would just go, pick myself up and go. I mean, and, and literally... I wouldn't actually think about how. I say that now, not way back when, when I was doing it. Because now it's very easy for me to say because anything I do, even to go and drink a, a glass of water, I would actually think, how? <laughs> I used to do much bigger things and I would just go. And that's, by the way, I never said it was magic when I was there at the time. I didn't. Now I'm referring to it as being magic. But at the time, it was just a normal thing, a very normal thing. Got it. So what's the, if you had to assign a feeling to it, what's the feeling when ah. you remember yourself being in it? And then the contrasting feeling of when you're not in it, like I, I, I'm thinking about how do I pick up a glass and drink? Like what, what's oh, the, what's the contrast? Oh, huge contrast. I mean, it, it was like, it felt to me. It was just flow. Uh, and and to, to be very clear, I, I say flow now. Again, I mean, I would say maybe 10 words, 20 words today about what it was. But at the time, as I remember, it was nothing. It was just doing. It was just going. It was just being. Now, I feel, well, now I'm much better right now as I speak. But in the past, now, the very near uh, past, I would actually just be, and then I would have something that comes to me and that, you know, gets over me, like worry, you know? And it's it's all about doubt. I would start doubting stuff, doubting stuff, doubting stuff. And then, you know, I actually at one point stopped and thought, I want to go back and think, did I really go without any kind of doubts or nothing really went against what I was thinking at the time and everything was really flowing? And I found out, no. <laughs> I found out that I actually went through some issues, but it's weird. I At the time, I didn't even think about them as anything. I did deal with them. Here's the thing. And it was so, when again, saying magical, it was like, okay, it's a big thing. If I say it now, it's a very big thing. But at the time, it was the same, this big thing. Like, for instance, one time I went and bought a car. Get this, please. I bought a car in Seattle, Washington, and I didn't pay for it fully. And then I took the car and it was written in my name. And no one in the States, the whole U.S., accepts that you can buy a car from a dealership and don't pay until the last dollar that you can actually go and get your name on the title. I did. And I didn't give them a check. I didn't give them anything. And it wasn't like uh, $5. It was like more like $32,000 that I didn't pay. 1993, to give you exactly which year. But they took it to court. Court. 
being uh, you know a a, a college uh, uh, student, you know. So when it came to me, I wasn't startled. I thought I looked at. I remember now. I looked at it and I went into my car straight to them. I called them up, of course. Got to know who, and they said it's with the lawyer. I sat with the lawyer. He was somewhat of an awkward situation. I wasn't. And here I am. I'm the one who's being asked to pay. And I paid it off within like the next like month, maybe. The point being is that I didn't even flinch. And now, well, not now, but even when I started working, any little thing here and there, and I, I, I do think that it's attributed to my new sense of responsibility because of the family. You know, I was alone and now I have a family, I think, anyway. Got it. So if you look at the differences between those two stories, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of stuff happening before, big or small, but it doesn't seem to phase me and I can still overcome it. Yet now, whatever thing comes up, big or small, there's like this whole baggage that gets put on it. And I, and I feel like I cannot move as quickly or be within in the flow like I was before. Sure. From the outside looking in, and you can let me know if this resonates or not, the difference seems to be trust. Like I had full trust that I would figure it out that reality has my back, that there's a in way myself. out of this. In myself, to, right? In myself versus yes. now or in and around the time of now, something has tainted that trust. So everything is, you know, double questioned. Worry comes up, doubt comes up because that same level of trust isn't there. So Dresco, I think you, you just... I think, I mean, I'm, I'm being very honest here. I think you just helped me with the biggest point here right now. And I think it is because, you, you know, when you said about the trust inside in me, I had that trust in me. I think what I did was when, when now, I mean, well, okay, let's, let's put it this way. Uh, school days, uh, post-school, okay? So post-school, I think what happened was me putting trust on others or ex expecting or the level of trust that I was expecting was from others as opposed to from inside, inner. The one that protects me. So the trust was externalized, right? Like the, 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 yes. the source of my security was now no longer internal. I was like having to, in some ways, be rescued or the sense of safety came from something external, whether people That's or what circumstances. That's what you made me feel, not say, feel, just now, just two minutes back, yes. Okay, and w which part specifically made you feel safe? That's the one, you you know, when you said trust. Trust, you okay. Said, so okay. You, you had yeah. trust inside. And so when you said that, it's like, it, like, it came to me and says, oh my God, so I was trusting so much in myself, but then what happened was, the biggest thing that happened probably is that I started having to, having to have trust outside, externally, as opposed to internally. Perfect. And you also mentioned something about, okay, so when I was by myself, there was like, I was responsible for one person and I was willing to navigate shaky waters if it's only me. 
But then when the family comes in, now there's a sense of responsibility that alters. Yes. Another epiphany now. Yes. yes, And I think I can see that now as you're replying, replaying what I said. Um, At the time, if I was saying it differently, I was indifferent. But now, because of the responsibility, I'm actually not that indifferent. Not at all. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's like, I feel that certain things have to take place and happen so that I can actually, you know, be able to take care of my family or do things for my family, what have you. So it was, yeah, it was like, ahead. yeah, it was like, I'm just feeling it right now, actually. I'm not saying it. I'm just feeling it. So it was like, at the time, I was able to be indifferent because I believe in indifference, by the way, a lot. But right now, as we speak, I'm coming to see that I was having it because I didn't have to be responsible for someone else. And so when I then had to be responsible for someone else, that indifference which was not, which is now seeming like a privilege before I don't have anymore. Got it. So what's the connection for you between having full trust in yourself when you're by yourself and then losing it when the perception and the need of responsibility is now within your frame. I think it's also to do with the the uh, the environment that I live in, and the the you know the the way the the society. Uh, not for me only, but even for my wife, for my kids, and so you know, there are those societal pressures, and I'm trying to just make sure that I actually provide and I make sure, and trust me here, you're leading me to this point that I would like to actually just open up about, which is I know and I feel inside of me when I don't have anything that holds me back, I become much, much better. I mean, it's very obvious, but my point is, it's like, it's like uh, not, not very practical in the you know when you start thinking about it but when i don't have to worry about anything <laughs> I, I get so much i can get so much more but when i actually want okay here it is when i want something it probably gets pushed back even further whereas when i'm indifferent about it i get it like that okay and that's more in a, I mean, whatever you want to call it, like your, your, your the, the spiritual belief system that you may have or how you see reality. It's like when I'm indifferent, there's no distortion and, and things just tend to come to me. But when I really want it, there's that needy energy, there's that desperation. So I tend to actually push it away. Like, is, is that kind of what you're referring to? Yes. Okay. Yes. But, but, but to be clear, I was zero spiritual at the time when I was in, in school. I didn't know what spiritual meant. Well, you know what I mean. I knew, but I, I wasn't practicing anything spiritual by any means. None whatsoever. 
I was just being me. Yeah, so that attachment came, or this attachment came naturally, right? Like I didn't have to think about it. It's probably why it was there. Absolutely. One other thing that I'll throw your way, and you can let me know again if it resonates or not. Because all of the um, trust tends to get distorted when there's an external element. When it's just me, cool. When it's now putting it out there, then things get a little bit washy. Is there an element that if I'm in a position where my mishaps could let other people down, does that shape uh, or how does Big that time. work? Okay. Big time. Big time. So then that would explain what's just me. Because when you were talking about your past and in, in, in school, I could do whatever. It's not just trust. There's a level of freedom in that uh, story. Like I'm Mm -hmm. free to do this quote unquote careless thing. Like Mm -hmm. this car comes in. I have a $32,000 bill in 1993 where that's even more amount of money than it is now. But whatever, right? Like it's just me. I'll figure it out. And I did. Yet if it's that, but potentially hurting other people, letting other people down, letting other people experience the irresponsibility or whatever other friction they may have with it. Now there's a completely different set of filters. Is this the right thing? I worry, I doubt, am I overthinking it? Who's going to get hurt? Who's not going to get hurt? Who are they going to think? What are they going to think? There's a lot of baggage around that. So how does all of that land for you? Absolutely right. Absolutely right on the money. Because that's that's the thing that makes me have that kind of a fear. I mean, if, if you were to say to me now, okay, uh, here's the thing. Uh, we can we can we can work a deal with you. That is with me, and we can say we take care of your family. And and what do they want? A B C D and done, all taken care of. Okay, and the, but you have to be separated. Not not separated meaning, but just so what would what would happen to you? We won't give. We will take away everything from you, and make you start from zero. You know what I'd say? Gladly. Yeah, because then there's no baggage. I it's just me. It's me. Like I, there's nobody to disappoint, and if I disappoint myself, I'll figure it out. Like it's fine, right? But Drasco, I'm not. I'm not. Just to be clear, I'm not thinking about just going and just getting by. No, I mean honestly, the level of if it's if it's physical stuff that I had when I was in school is so much more than any other time that I was actually living. Mind you, mind you, I had businesses and I had and I'll be very clear and honest and vulnerable when I say this. I have spent so much more money on the businesses, but I think I had the same situation with the employees as much as I had with my family. There it is. Okay. So what I'm hearing, and again, you can fill in the details or let me know if it resonates, is even the same dynamic of disappointing people, people please, like whatever label you want to put onto it, started to show up with employees. It did. Right? It did. Yes, okay. it did. Over and over again. Not in one business. And and I, I okay, at, at one point I was in the board of, of a company. I was the chairman of the uh, board. 
And so I wasn't doing the day-to-day -day affair. Guess what? That was the best business I did with, the best from all of them. All the others, even it took me even to the point of thinking to myself, am I a bad founder, a bad CEO, a bad manager? I did. And 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 you know what? At times I think, am I too um, lenient? Because I was. Am I too nice for, for, not for my own good, but for my employees' own good? I did go through that. Yeah. And that's a very big thing, especially when you have to lead and people depend on you, et cetera. Because now there's a distortion between your best judgment and the situation, mm -hmm. right? Because if your best judgment happens when there's no people involved, but people have to be involved for you to realize your dreams, then you're always putting on glasses that are going to distort your view of the situation. They're going to distort your view of the uh, decision. They're going to distort your view of the next step, right? So really, if I look at what you started this whole conversation with, which was, well, I lost my sense of the magic touch. Mm -hmm. I would actually say you actually didn't lose anything. It's just that what's emerging in your life is the revelation that when you performed at your best was when nobody was around to depend on you. And when you performed at your worst, it's because you're always viewing the situation with this distorted lens of, you know, people pleasing or, or, or overly concerned with the externals. So what lands for you there? Oh my goodness. That's, uh, yeah, that's my life story actually. And, uh, Seeing it with, from your lens, what you just said right now, made me, you know, as you're speaking, I was just looking back to why I came to a point where, not one point, but many points, over and over again, that I felt I actually wanted to please people. And that's how I'm nice. And I'm a nice person, so I don't want to be not nice. You know what I mean? But at the same time, um, I know that if I did what's right to be done, and maybe it won't be seen as nice, or maybe I'll be, I'll be seen under a different light, that I'm not as nice, I have changed, you know what I mean? Like when someone tells you, oh, Drasco has changed, he's not the old Drasco that I knew. And that's what happened with me, I guess. And so just, shying away from hearing that from people, I didn't do them justice. And it's hard to run a business if your main priority is being nice, because sometimes clients, vendors, employees, like at some point, somebody has to be disappointed because the reality is going to demand it. You know what I mean? But, but Drasco, I think also, uh, it's it, I saw it over and over and and it was actually the same thing that i was trying to you know trying to be nice to the same people that at the end because things don't work out they see and they just treat it like they don't care you know what i mean and then if you if you go and ask them and i'm sure 
I asked them, and sometimes they didn't even answer me. They're just looking out for themselves. So then I see myself at the end, always the one who is left out looking, not looking for myself, but looking out for others. And, you know, it, it doesn't help. It does not help. No, it definitely does not. And to just kind of extend that point a bit further, when you're so focused on being nice to everybody else, who are you actually not being nice to? Correct. Myself. Yourself. Yeah. And when I'm not nice to myself, whether I would like to be so open about it or not, but at sometimes I would not be as nice to other people at a very wrong time, by the way. And it's because, you know what? Me or anyone else, and uh, now I'm speaking about me. If I'm not nice to myself, I can't be nice to other people. So maybe, again, vulnerability here, maybe I was pretending to be nice to people. Whatever. Correct. And that's why when this has come up on the both in my coaching and in the podcast before, I always like the line that nice people are actually liars because Thank they you. say yes when they mean no. <laughs> yes. Right. And they're lying to the other person, sometimes even lying to themselves. Uh, right. And I say I, I, that not from judgment, but just to, to highlight. No, I understood. In fact, if I, if I was to stop you on one point here, I would like to say that, uh, uh, no, I wasn't lying to other people, uh, feeling it really from inside, but I was definitely lying to myself. Yeah. And if you now trace that back to the business problems you did experience and the business problems you're experiencing right now, can you see how so many of them stem from your subconscious is prioritizing being nice. It's not prioritizing your best judgment for the business. Yes. And I think it's also because, I don't know, as I said, I, I help so many other people and I'd, I'd like to, uh, to be as vulnerable as can be. So I also see that maybe it's a big part of my self-worth. And I was just trying to maybe just, you know, cover it one way or another. As humans, we have these issues and we you know, we all have these issues, but we need to just work on them. Correct. I think I am right now. And uh, to be very honest, I, I really, I mean, I don't know how much you see it as, as help here, but I would like to thank you because the mere fact that I actually agreed, and this is the me, not you, me, the mere fact that I agreed was a huge decision for me. And the mere fact that I came here on time and I was waiting here before the time is a big part, a big, huge step for me in my life. So thank you. You're very welcome. And I want to also acknowledge you for admitting that because there's clearly a part of you that's ready to move beyond this, right? Like, Despite Very my much. fear, which has run a big portion of my life to hide this from me, like you said, that the lying, I've come to my threshold where now that inner voice that knows the truth, that knows there's more to me than this, the experiences I want, the greatness that I feel mm -hmm. cannot mm -hmm. be expressed until I heal this. 
that's Absolutely. really what you're saying is like, I'm ready to do that healing. And this is my first step of doing it. And Rasco, look out for my name. It's going to be there out in the big, huge uh, headlines out there. It's going to be there. And I'm not saying it because I feel like it's a good thing. And so I'm feeling good right now. No, you will. And the the thing that held me back, even if it's for however many years, doesn't matter. It's my past. And I, I realized that and I, I realized that it was my collective junk that I was keeping. I was actually, I wasn't, like you said, you know, what did you call it? You call it uh, head, uh, well, sorry, just like the, the head trash. Is head that trash. What you're referring to? Yeah. Right. So it's not only head trash. I was protecting my head trash all this time. I was saying, no, stay away. It's mine. Keep it. Don't even touch it. So if someone wants to come and take it away from me, I would just fight for it. It's mine. It's my head rush. Really? I guess. Correct. And again, beautiful observation, right? More things wanting to emerge and get healed. And that is how this works. And that is why sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to actually address this because the parts of you that have made these patterns be a reality, ultimately, in some warped emotional logic, are trying to protect you. Like there's a part yes. of you that's saying it's more important to be liked by people and to not stir the pot than it is to have the business success, than it is to make the better business decision. There's a if bigger I was to see the connection, Rasco. If I was to see the connection, I didn't see it. Correct. You said it in such a way that I was actually probably prioritizing. I don't think I was. I was just going, but I was doing what you were saying, but without actually having to prioritize. I was just doing it because to me, that's the most important thing. You know, it's like you suck the life out of me if you actually, if if I lose the connection with this one person, for instance. Correct. And again, you can't change what you can't see. And I don't think you were ready to see it when these things were happening. Um, so again, I just say that to normalize your experience and really people pleasing is, is such a huge part of holding leaders back from going to the next level. Because the only way you can ever scale is through a team. And if you have people pleasing within your team, right off the bat that there's a limitation on that so yeah i just bring that as a generality because it's such a common thing with entrepreneurs that have big visions um that they come to the impasse that you're in right now if i don't overcome this this is the ceiling right and then that's the choice either i'm cool to stay here or i want to heal this and overcome this and really step into my leadership um, but ultimately, that is the choice. Mm. So just then to bring this back full circle, um, if you can summarize in your own words, like what were your biggest realizations through having this conversation today? Oh, my goodness. It's by far the point that you made me realize, which even though it may have 
may or should have been obvious, it wasn't obvious at all, which is the trust issue. And that is that I was actually having trust within myself. But then when I shifted that trust and I actually made like from inner trust to outer trust to external trust, that's, I think, uh, I didn't feel the shift. I really didn't. But I think that's the biggest thing that actually took me to um, realize today that this thing was the biggest thing that actually happened to me. That was the biggest break. But realizing is the biggest, uh, you know, um, uh, um, revamp and coming back to where I should be. So thank you, really. Thank you so much for that. I you're, that. you're very welcome and beautifully said. Um, and, and as I've said before, it's such an important thing that that holds so many entrepreneurs back. So thank you for coming on here and, you know, allowing me to explore this uh, through your experience. And uh, if you can then just close us off and let everybody know where to find you, who's the best person to find you, floor is yours for that. Hmm. Well, I help entrepreneurs, leaders, uh, organizations to find their focus. I myself have lost my focus before. I, and I found my focus and I came to know and realize exactly how focus can be lost and how best to get it to, to be found. And therefore, I've been helping so many. Uh, you can find me on, uh, it's over there, but it's, uh, Khalid Al-Hosni, K-H-A-L-I-D-A-L-H-O-S-N-I.com. And uh, I'm on uh, Twitter, on uh, um, LinkedIn, on, it's called Evenomics, like evolutionary economics, Evenomics. That's my, um, uh, I think it's called uh, What's it called? At you know, economics anyway. Yeah, we so we will include all of the. Uh, the, the <laughs> Please, so it's all good. It yeah. Makes makes it so much easier for me. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely, you're very welcome, and thank you for uh, coming on. Uh, and then for everybody else listening, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for having me.